Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, where we take a glance into blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and I'm joined by my good friend and my co-host, Devin. And today, we're taking a trip to the land before time to give our thoughts and breakdown on Jurassic World Dominion. And before we begin today's episode, you can listen to our podcast on podcast platforms around the internet, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And if you are a new or seasoned listener to the show, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter at Film Optics, that is Optics with an X, or you can email us at filmoptics at gmail.com for any movie-related questions Devin, how was your week? How was your weekend? What, what's been going on with you? You're rocking the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog shirt today. Did, did you watch Sonic today? I did not, but I did get this shirt. GameStuff had a nice uh, a nice two for $12 deal on t-shirts, so I got got a few. Oh, you bought them today? No, I had them shipped mm. like last week. Gotcha. I've been looking to buy a Stranger Things shirt, but it needs to be like the right one. You know what I mean? It's very uh, very important. They get the right one, but yeah, what uh, what you've been watching outside of uh, Jurassic World? Just been catching up with some TV shows, playing some video games, watching some Xbox conferencing. Yeah, I've been catching up on. I'm I'm all caught up on Barry, except for tonight, and then I'm also catching up on Atlanta. I have to watch both of those shows. Uh, I've currently been watching Umbrella Academy uh, season three, which we'll be covering here on the show uh, within the coming week. So. Very excited to dig back into that. Um, I think I'm going to start Cobra Kai because I've been having a lot of people telling me to start watching it. And I know I need to also watch Barry and Atlanta. There's just so many amazing shows out there. Like truly it's it, t- TV never stops uh, with movies. It can be hit or miss uh, for the most part, but definitely uh, this may be a miss more than a hit for Jurassic World Dominion as we'll get into here in a bit. So, Devin, are you ready to journey back to the land before time and talk about Jurassic World Dominion? Oh, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after this introduction to Jurassic World Dominion. We can't keep her here forever. They find her, we're never going to see her again. We got to protect her. That's our job. Humans and dinosaurs can't coexist. We created an ecological disaster. And we're back. You just heard a little snippet from the trailer from Jurassic World Dominion that was directed by Colin Trevorrow, written by Colin Trevorrow and Emily Carmichael, and stars Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, and Isabella Simone. And the synopsis, um, it's, it's a little long, but I'll give you a little taste of what's going on. Uh, for those who have not seen the previous two films, although I'm hoping that you have seen the previous two films for this. But uh, long story short, dinosaurs now live aside humans all over the world. Um, there's a very fragile balance um, that will reshape the future and determine it once for all, whether human beings are to remain the apex predators on a planet that they now share with history's most fearsome creatures in a new era. 
So the way that this review is going to go, um, as always, we get into initial reactions first, which is more of our non-spoiler section. Then we'll get into a little bit of spoilers and to close out with our uh, a few Easter eggs that we might have spotted out between the film. Uh, we'll go into our final thoughts and then our ratings, and we're going to get the heck on out of here. So I'm going to pass it over to Devin so we can give his initial sh- thoughts for Jurassic World Dominion. This this movie was a bit of a mess, I would say. Going into it, I was definitely trying to avoid the uh, the onpouring of negative reviews that were coming in from pretty much everybody that saw it early. Like on Rotten Tomatoes, what's it sitting at currently? 30% critic, 79% audience. So definitely a big divide we have going on here. One of those type of movies. And I believe the cinema score is around an A, maybe A minus as well. See, that's, that's the thing when it comes to a movie like Jurassic World. You, you go to this, to a movie like this, you could be entertained by giant dinosaurs, just kind of doing dinosaur things. But it feels like this movie kind of takes a turn and doesn't really rely on it, on dinosaurs as much as the past movies had because the main, the main threat in this movie is not a dinosaur at all. It's a bug. Which is just really weird and random. I don't know how you feel about it, but I was definitely hoping to see more so of threatening dinosaurs than just a bunch of bugs. Yeah. So for me, uh, for this movie, um, I, I was kind of dreading seeing it because unfortunately I, I really feel as if, um, critics judge a movie way too harshly. Um, I don't think this movie is that bad. Um, and I'll tell my score obviously towards the end. Um, but this movie is, it's, it's okay, but it's not great. I, I feel like the two hour and 27 minute runtime, um, is a little bit too long. But at the same time, I was talking with a few people on Twitter spaces and a lot of them were feeling that it wasn't long enough because there are a few story plots in here that could have been fleshed out a little bit more. Uh, but I do agree with you, Devin about the, you know, the main threat is supposed to be the dinosaurs. And for some reason in this movie, they are not the, they are a threat. You know, they are the surrounding threats, but the main threat is this bug that we'll get into in a little bit. But a Jurassic Park movie where the dinosaurs take a back seat. Like you just can't I don't know how that made it through in the writing room. Like what was the process? They're like, we're gonna make this about bugs. Like who agreed to this? I could not tell you, man. It's 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 unfortunate because I mean, to be completely honest, I watched this movie for one thing, one thing only, and that's Bryce Dallas Howard. I think she's a phenomenal actor. And I think she's a phenomenal writer as well. But I also believe that she is the number one well-written character in uh, this entire Jurassic World uh, sequel trilogy. You know, we've talked about. I, I counter. I counter that with my only reason for watching this movie, which is Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> that Daddy Goldblum always comes through. Of course, of course, and you know, it. This movie. It feels as if this movie kind of is backtracking a little bit because um, I'm not sure about you, but I did watch Jurassic World and uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom prior to this just to kind of get myself prepared. Um, I did start watching the original Jurassic Park as well, but 
I mean, I'm, I'm just really not into it as much as I used to. I mean, like I love dinosaurs. I think they're magnificent creatures, um, overall, but I mean, I really like the first Jurassic world. I actually did. Like I thought it was a very, um, nice, um, introduction or fresh introduction, uh, to people who are new to the franchise altogether. But for some way, you know, somewhere along the way, you know, you get to Fallen Kingdom and it's like, well, that was messy. And then it feels like they're kind of trying to backtrack with Jurassic World Dominion because this is supposed to be a world dominated by, you know, these creatures that have roamed the Earth over, I think it was 165 billion years ago. And we don't really get that as much as you said i mean there are a, a lot of amazing like dinosaur uh, dinosaur action fights um i think one thing that the jurassic franchise whether it's jurassic park or jurassic world does um unlike king kong or you know the the kaiju movies i feel like the human story characters are definitely more fleshed out and they are a little bit more interesting of course, you know, bringing back the original trio here uh, with Jeff uh, Goldblum and Laura Dern and um, Sam Neill. Sam Neill. Yeah. I don't mind bringing back legacy characters, but they clearly use them in the marketing to get, you know, these butts in seats. I, I thought it was all right. Um, RIP to uh, Daniela uh, Pineda. Uh, she was barely in this movie, and I was looking forward to seeing her as well as uh justice jesse smith they're not really in the movie all that much unfortunately and i think uh there was like a scheduling conflict with uh daniela because she was only on set for about four days so that really shows on screen you know what i mean uh especially towards the beginning but it's just i don't know i'm not sure if it's that i'm tired of like sequel trilogies like i think there's a way to bring new people into these franchises um, without, you know, it's, it's kind of like they're, they're writing on the nostalgia instead of trying to make this its own story separate from the original trilogy. And honestly, I really only like the first Jurassic Park all like to begin with. I think the two and three are okay, but like, it's not a, thing like oh man you know Jurassic Park is so amazing like it's just a fun you know blockbuster that you can kind of like turn your brain off and just watch and have a good time with the family I think that Jurassic World Dominion is a great family film for people to watch but I honestly and I also feel like um I feel like 30% is like way too low but I mean that's just my personal opinion um, there's a lot of things I worked in here. There's a lot of things that don't, but it's just, it's, it's kind of all over the place. Like, I feel like it could have used a little bit more screen time, or I feel like, you know, after Jurassic World, they should have went in a different direction with everything. Um, but I, I, I would say that, you know, Bryce Dallas Howard's character, Claire, I think that she has the most to do in these films, especially within Dominion. And we've really been, I mean, we've been following Owen, Chris Pratt's character as well, but I feel like it's more about Claire, but that's just me. But that's just my two cents. But did you have any other uh, things you wanted to mention before we kind of just hop on into spoilers here? 
Yeah, I was just going to mention, I just think it's interesting that you brought up uh, sequel trilogies because it really just kind of falls into the same trap that the original the movie came into where the first one comes out and it's it's well-received. It does a good job. It brings you into a new world and everyone enjoys it. Obviously, Jurassic World, not quite as good as Jurassic Park, but still mm. definitely a good start. And then it just kind of goes downhill from there, each sequel after that. Um, same thing happened in the 90s with that original trilogy. I just think... I just don't think there's a need to to kind of force a, a trilogy out of this this series. Like you can you can tell in Dominion they just kind of ran out of ideas. Like mm. there was really nothing fresh brought to the table here. There was nothing new. I think the dinosaur, the new dinosaur they brought in was called like Gigantosaurus or something. I don't even remember. It was it was so. It dumb. was like the bird looking one. Well, apparently you know I don't they, even know. I can I don't even know what the new one looks like because it was so forgettable. I don't know anything about it because there were like three of them at the end. And I was like, okay, where do they, where are they coming from? I don't know what these dinosaurs are because you're not introducing them correctly. Right. So the, towards the end, we'll, 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 we'll get into that once we get into spoilers. I, I just feel like it doesn't, it doesn't need to be a trilogy. Just, I mean, if you want to reboot it every 20 or 30 years with new technology, that's fine. That could work well, but you don't have to force a trilogy out of it. It just doesn't work. And it's shown twice now that it's not going to work. Yeah, we, we've been seeing a lot, especially with like prequel, um, with prequel movies, like, uh, many saints of New York. It's, you know, it is a prequel. So it, it's what comes before, but I feel like you should be able to watch the prequel, even though you haven't seen the original, kind of like with Star Wars. Um, I feel like you can honestly, there's a lot of plot holes in Star Wars, but. I mean, even though obviously, you know, they start with four or five and six, you can easily start from the beginning and then, you know, for episodes one, two and three and then go into four five and six. And it still tells like a pretty balanced story. Like a lot of things don't feel like they're missing. Like there's a few things here and there, but overall it's 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 it works. Um you know, with these sequel trilogies, I don't think every trilogy needs or every sequel to a trilogy needs to be another trilogy. I feel like they could have just done, you know, just like a double feature type type of thing or just just one movie. Um, as we've seen with Halloween, they are, you know, rebooting that. It's been a few years. That makes sense, you know, because that works because they're kind of, Saying, hey, you know, like everything that came before, just throw it out the window. We're starting all the way over. Um, we haven't really seen that with Scream. Scream kind of pushes the story forward a little bit with, you know, its its own uh, separate adventures within Woodsboro. But for some reason, I don't know. It's not that sequels don't work. It's just that if there's no story to tell like a good story where it actually makes sense. Like the force awakens makes total sense. I love that movie. Um, I think that's a really nice, um, a great rejuvenation into the star Wars franchise. I think it did a fantastic job. Um, but then, you know, we get really great sequels like top gun Maverick where, you know, that didn't get turned into a, a trilogy, but, there was only one other Top Gun before it. I think I think that might actually be part of why this movie's being viewed so poorly and re- reviewed so negatively. Just coming right off of Top Gun Maverick, like coming out what two weeks later, like mm-hmm. a movie that that did that well of creating a sequel and 
not relying on nostalgia too much while creating new characters and new stories and to have this come out and it just kind of bombs because it relies so heavily on nostalgia and doesn't have any new or creative ideas to bring to the story. You, you could see even in, in Fallen Kingdom, it'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who liked that ending. Like they, they really just kind of threw that out there and hoped it would stick, and I don't think anybody liked how that movie ended. And after this movie, you can really see like there's just nothing fresh here. There's no new ideas. I would agree there. Um, and I've also seen people online saying how some people were saying that the ending for this and for Dominion and for Fallen Kingdom were similar. And I'm like, well, I don't necessarily agree with that because, you know, there, there's a monologue towards the end of Dominion. But I do agree that, you know, it's it, it's the same question over and over. Oh, you know, what if, you know, dinosaurs were, were alive today? You know, like, are, would we be able to coexist? Would cohabitation happen? And the answer is no. <laughs> like, it's it's like Jeff Goldblum's uh, character, Ian, said in Fallen Kingdom, you know, they were here long before us. And if we're not careful, they're going to be here long after. And that's kind of the whole thing right there. It's I, I, I don't, I didn't need six movies to, you know, it's just nothing. Like you said, nothing new is being brought to the table. It's, it's the same story over and over just with new characters. And I think that's where its fault is. But what I really liked about it was the, um, the family element between Owen, Claire and Maisie. Um, the, the, the pseudo, you know, the, the family that ends up together. I thought that they had really great chemistry. I actually liked the new, you know, characters in Jurassic, in the new Jurassic world franchise as a whole. Um, I think the new characters are great. Um, I do feel like the legacy characters were kind of brought back to put butts in seats. I don't think they necessarily did anything. I mean, of course, it's always great to see. Jeff Goldblum, you know, throwing around some quips here and there, obviously. But overall, it was it, it was okay. I mean, I would recommend anyone to go see it. It's just, I don't know if I would go see it. Like, if it's on TV or something, like, you know, if, if I'm on, like, a plane and it's, like, one of the movies that, like, you had to pick, I would watch it. But, you know. A good plane movie. Yeah, yeah, a really good plane movie for sure. You know, something kind of just turn your brain off, watch some dinosaurs rip each other's heads off. But... Are you ready to uh, head on into spoilers here really quick? And we'll uh, kind of, you know, give our initial, uh, our final thoughts, excuse me, and then we'll get on out of here. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, uh, let's get to the end of this trilogy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is your first spoiler warning for Jurassic World Dominion again. That is your second spoiler warning for Jurassic World Dominion. So if you haven't seen it, definitely go watch it. Um, you know, it it seems as if we're tearing it apart. I don't hate the movie that much. I would never give this movie a 30% as critics are on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, but I'll definitely give my score here in a bit once we uh, cover just a few spoilers. So I actually wanted to circle back to what you were saying about the uh, the, the dinosaur fights uh, towards the end. Um, so there was three dinosaurs. I did forget the one that kind of had like, the hands that were kind of like 
I don't know, like they were kind of like knives almost in a way or like super long pencils, I guess, if you were to like attack. It reminded me, it reminded me of the, the uh, end fight of the first Venom movie. It's just blobs fighting each other in the dark and I could not tell what was going on. So there obviously, you know, there's the T-Rex um, that everyone knows and loves. And, you know, we get a little bit of the, the symbolism when the T-Rex is like walking through that circular um, fountain area. And then there was the other predator. It's like it's it's the world's like number one predator. Um, Let's take a quick break. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. They kept saying that, but it looked really like it just did not look impressive. The dinosaur itself, it like it like wasn't like a large dinosaur. It felt like it just looked kind of average sized. The it's it's known as like the T Rex killer. It's the Giganotosaurus. It has kind of like that spine, like things sticking out its back and kind of like on its head too. So again, I think it's pronounced Giga Notorosaurus. Yeah, Giga Notor. Yeah, Giga Notora. The uh, Giga Notosaurus. Something like that. Sorry, I'm butchering that, but these dinosaur names are pretty hard to uh, <laughs> uh, are are pretty hard to uh, uh, pronounce. But so, and th- there was the Indominus Rex, which was the um, I think that was in Jurassic World. And then there was the Endoraptor, the Indominus Rex, and the Endoraptor. I believe the, that was like gene splicing. Like those were, you know, made up of multiple dinosaurs. The Giganotosaurus. <laughs> the Giganotosaurus. <laughs> I believe that is like the world's like number one, like overall, like predator, like amongst everything else. So I thought that was actually kind of cool, but. It, I mean, it, you know, a lot of dinosaurs kind of look the same, or at least, you know, the, the adaptations or what, you know, what we're able to piece together since, you know, they, they were here ages ago. But I, I do agree. It was, I forgot the name of the other one that was there. I, I can picture it in my head. I just can't remember the name of it. And it's, I, I really don't know, but it, it was, it was a pretty cool fight. I wish we would have gotten a little bit more. Uh, with that, but also wanted to touch on what I was kind of mentioning earlier. Um, some people were saying that that I was kind of coming across talking about with this film that the ending was the same where between Fallen Kingdom when Maisie lets the dinosaurs go and then towards the end of this movie, you know, there's that big monologue where, you know, we just have to coexist with them. And that was like their answer altogether. And someone I was speaking to um, had said that it's oh it's it's like the same ending because they didn't do anything about it they kind of just let it go, and I was like I I don't necessarily agree with that but I think 
that they've definitely ran this franchise into the ground. Um, like you said, Devin, you know, you get one great movie, you know, the original Jurassic Park came out in 1993. Um and then the other two were like just okay, much like The Matrix. It's like the first one's really great. And then, you know, they make sequels to it. And sometimes they're hit or miss. I mean, like sequels aren't necessarily a bad thing. There's a lot of great sequels out there that far surpass the the original uh, Toy Story, Toy Story 2. I think Toy Story 2 is better, but that's just me. Um, of course, like Harry Potter, Chamber of Secrets. Um, obviously, you know, Godfather Part 2 and um empire strikes back things of that nature but uh, yeah it's this this movie just um it it, it was all right i i would never give it a 30 percent though because i it did have some really nice moments uh when of course we find out about Maisie's actual origin because it was led to believe in the fallen kingdom that her grandpa cloned her when it was then revealed that her mother was able to essentially impregnate herself and give birth much like blue has with her baby uh beta which i i which i think is which is pretty cool but what are your thoughts on that on her being um like asexually produced basically yeah between i guess between blue and Maisie. it's just it it just makes it makes Fallen Kingdom make even less sense because the whole thing from that was that she was a clone and then this movie's just like, nope, she was actually created a different way. So, like, what was the point of Fallen Kingdom besides just to get them into the wild? I don't know. It's just, it just all felt like a mess. I also wanted to mention this movie possibly has the worst character of any movie I've ever seen in Lewis Dodgson, the CEO bad guy might be the worst character I've ever seen in a movie. He, he reminds me so much of Crocker from Fairly Odd Parents, just being an absurd villain. Like first first of all, it's just Tim Cook. Like the way they made him look, his hair, it's just Tim Cook. Like that's all it is. Just about to ask you. That's, that's all that character like, is. <laughs> They're just making him the CEO of Apple. But it's I I was honestly waiting for him, like just sitting back waiting for like a WWDC like Apple type situation. Like, oh, like what's what's coming on Apple next year? You know, what's new on the market? The way they, they wrote his character is just absurd. The the noises he made, the the movements he made was just it's just weird. Like you can't even describe it. It's just just strange. Mm-hmm. And then he just came he came out of nowhere. I don't that's like a cool villain there's there's nothing really redeeming about it no he he wasn't scary like in the slightest obviously you know with the threat being the dinosaurs and the locusts which we kind of talked to well we mentioned there was a bug the bugs the locusts which like extremely big locusts like i was like this is like loki a horror movie like what is going on here but yeah it's the villain wasn't all that great um i really just like the protagonist I feel like the writing was a bit weak at times, especially when like Laura Dern um, and um, uh, Dr. Grants, Mr. Grants <laughs> go to visit Ian and they're like, Ian's like, oh, like you guys have been, t- um, Ian, no, it was uh, Grant was asking Laura Dern's character, Ellie, sorry, Ian, uh, no. Grant was asking Ellie how long Ian and Ellie were kind of like keeping in touch. 
And Ellie is like, oh, he slid into my DMs. I'm like, why did you have to say that? Like, that was not a good thing to say whatsoever. Uh, just, just a few things here and there with that. And, of course, the uh, the doctor who wants to make everything right by um, genetically changing, um, you know, the genes and the locusts for them to stop eating the, uh, the, the live crop um, or the crops in the field. So. It, it was all right. I mean, we, I feel like we can just get into our initial reactions because I have a feeling I know where yours is. You might be a little bit more surprised for me. Um, I, I, th- I thought it was all right. But uh, so let's just get into our ratings here. Um, well, before that, actually, and I'm actually getting a little bit ahead of myself. Did you have any final thoughts about this film before we close out? I just want to say thank God for Jeff Goldblum. Like he stops this from being a complete disaster in my eyes. Like I also thought it was weird the new character they introduced, um, Kayla Watts. I thought I mean I thought it was a cool character overall. It's just weird how how helpful she was, like, to these strangers. Literally they've <laughs> never met and she's putting her life and her livelihood and her her entire plane on the line just to help them on a on a suicide mission. They've never met. It was just weirdly weirdly helpful as a character i would agree there it it is a bit odd because like she she runs into Maisie for like a brief second while doing like a business transaction and then yeah they don't really dive into like why she decides to help um there's a few you know funny moments with her obviously jeff goldblum like you said um with with his you know little little quotes the one with the dog was great that that got us laughing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the one with the dog was <laughs> that was great that a callus on my shin <laughs> um and there was uh, he said it was like for uh fourth down or th- fourth uh the button from like like the fourth button down the third up same thing yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> situations like that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, he, he's always going to bring some laughs and some, some chuckles there, but yeah, uh, kind of already went over my initial um, or my final thoughts. I should say it, it was, it was, it was, it was okay. Um, like I said, I think overstate is welcome a little bit, but at the same time, I feel like they could have fleshed it out more. Um, not saying it needed to be a three-hour movie, but I feel like they could have just replaced that whole Logos thing and given us some more dinosaur action. So, I don't know. It, it, it was all right. But let's get into scores here. I'll actually go first. Because um, I am... Um, by the time this is out, I believe my Jurassic World Dominion written review will be out on the In Session Film website for everyone to um, to uh, lay their eyes upon. That's um, insessionfilm.com. Um, I'll put a link to in the episode notes for that for anyone who wants to read a little bit farther into mine. Um, I just, I, I thought kind of like the use of legacy characters here were underutilized for sure. But I'm, I'm actually just, I'm going to give this one like a solid, like, what's a c minus i guess i'll give it just like a solid 70 this just a 70 overall i mean the cgi and this looked fantastic for the dinosaurs and they use practical effects as well and i feel like the danger that they were in felt real it's it wasn't just oh you know like oh like well 
we didn't really necessarily know who was going to save whom because these creatures are so unpredictable. Um, but overall, I would just give it C minus 70% just overall. What about you? Yeah, um, I'm not going to go quite as low as some other people have gone, but it definitely was pretty rough for me. It definitely just kind of a mess. And like I said before, it just, it just feels like they're out of ideas and there really wasn't anything new brought to the table. So I'm going to give it like a like a 50. I feel like Jeff Goldblum keeps it from dropping below 50 just because of how entertaining he is in pretty much anything. Like, is he, like what's the worst movie he's ever made? I'm going to look at his filmography, but I feel like he's never really been in anything that's been like horrible. Well, anytime Jeff Goldblum is on screen, it's like everyone's ears just pop up. It's like no matter how bad the movie is, it's just he, he's always he's always I mean, he was in Independence always. Day Resurgence, which I never saw, but apparently is terrible. Yeah, I mean, even if you look at, um, I would say, so you remember, do you remember the uh, <laughs> the new Robin Hood movie with Taron Edgerton and Jamie Foxx? Yeah. Like, I think that's a perfect example, like, of you have these phenomenal actors, but, you know, the direction or the writing just isn't all that strong. So it's kind of all over the place, but yeah, I can't think of, like, a bad movie. Yeah, he just kind of elevates it and just makes it definitely entertaining. I know every time he had yeah. a clip, it, it definitely got a chuckle out of all of us. <laughs> it, it fell off script as well for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, because it felt better than the writing of the actual movie. Like, it felt like he was like, I'm going to just do my own thing because I'm Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. M- Mr. Mr. Pittsburgh. Yeah, represent. Yeah, that's right. Represent, represent. But yeah, honestly, I thought you were going to go a little bit lower. But I thought you were going to hit around maybe like the 60 range, but I feel like 50 is is a good is a good spot for you, for sure. But yeah, so 70% from me, uh, 50% from Devin here. So that pretty much concludes our review of Jurassic World Dominion. Again, definitely go watch it. You know, we're just two guys talking about our our, our thoughts on the movie. We didn't like hate it. It's just... We just wish it would have been better, but that's our opinion. So definitely form your own. Uh, do not, don't not, do not, don't not go see this movie because, you know, of our opinion um, and of, of itself. But what's coming up on the podcast, you might ask. We have our Miss Marvel episode two review that we'll be covering this coming up Wednesday, which is June uh, 15th that will probably drop on uh the following uh the neck on that thursday on the 16th just so we can give people a little bit of time to at least see the episode before kind of just dropping it out for everyone uh we're also going to be covering uh pixar's light year uh for this coming up weekend they'll be dropping this coming up monday on the 20th and of course uh we actually uh tweeted out that we're going to be covering the rest of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think we actually mentioned this on the previous uh podcast episode, but we're going to be covering parts 4, 5 and 6 in one uh solo episode. So we will be covering all three of those uh last three episodes of Kenobi in one single episode for you guys just so we can give ourselves a bit of a breather um like we said before. Uh, Kenobi and Miss Marvel are kind of crossing paths right now. 
And I'm not a big fan of that. I know a lot of other people aren't. So instead of just not covering the rest of Kenobi, because that would be a crime, got to finish what we started, right? We're just going to do one episode covering parts four, five, and six for you guys. And we also have our Umbrella Academy season three review that I believe we're going to drop it on the day of release instead of the embargo day, which is, I believe, Wednesday. So... Umbrella Academy Season 3 is going to be dropping on um, Wednesday the 22nd, which is the day that it drops. That'll be a spoiler-free episode since it is dropping on the same day of release. But there's one thing we ask our listeners to do. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice and make sure to share an episode of our podcast with a friend, whether it be your mother, your brother, your lover, whoever it may be. Make sure to share an episode of the Film Optics Podcast with a movie lover in need. And we hope you guys have a great start to your week. And that is a wrap for today, everyone. Thank you all for listening. And if you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram to stay in the know. That was Devin. My name is Christian. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.